everybody. Welcome back to At the Devil's Ball, the uh, podcast where we talk about movies in a positive and constructive manner, or at least we attempt to. Um, this week we are finishing off our uh, snowed in theme with Stephen King's uh, 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 novel for television, uh, Storm of the Century. And uh, I am Nathaniel. And uh, with me, as always, is my uh, co-host, Samuel Numine. Hey. And uh, we've got a guest with us this week. Uh, she's been on a few times now, and uh, she's one of our favorites. We always love having her on. She is friend a life- of the show. She's a lifelong Stephen King fan and has been my best friend since high school. We have with us uh, the ravishing Nastasia. Hello. Hey. <laughs> and so... Uh, I think she only comes on because she likes when I say things like she's ravishing. Uh, I don't think she actually I mean, likes the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, she likes Stephen King, so we always throw her. Right, throw we were on below here. Yeah, or, uh, or trick or treat or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, Storm of the Century. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, made in 1999. Uh, Stephen King apparently came up with the idea in 98, I think, that, or 96, rather. I think there was the, I think 96 was the year of the big ice storm in Maine. Um, where I think he came up with the idea. Um, shortly after this, he would then be hit by a van. Um, and uh, he made this movie with Craig R. Baxley, who uh, actually did work with King on two more sh- uh, shows that King wrote while he was in the hospital um, with uh, Rose Red and uh, uh, Kingdom Hospital. Kingdom Hospital. Yeah. And um, so uh, before we really get into, into unpacking uh, some of the century, we've got uh, Sam's going to do the vital stats for us, and then we're going to we'll jump right in on this. All right. So ABC Storm of the Century uh, aired on February 14th, 15th, and 18th of uh, 1999. Had a budget of $35 million. Uh, averaged about 19 million viewers. Um, Shot on 35 millimeter broadcast in one three three one ratio, so the old old timey uh, TV ratio. Uh, and yeah, we said uh, Craig R. Bailey did it. Um, he was a stuntman, stunt driver, stunt coordinator. Went on to do a lot of action films, uh, Action Jackson, um, uh, Stone Cold, which is a good one. Uh, Brian, uh, sorry, Brian Bosworth. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Dark Angel, a.k.a. I Come in Peace with... Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, yes. Uh, so he started off uh, directing on the A-Team, too. So, I mean, yes. he's, he's got an eye for action, which is odd because this is a, this is a somewhat action-free. Uh, it's got some points, but it's not a lot of action in it. No. Um, but it stars uh, Tim Daly, who we both know mostly from doing voice work for, like, Superman... Uh, the animated series and he was he uh, was a star of wings for yes he was like, in wings for like 40 years like that show was on <laughs> uh, eventually we're gonna get every member of wings in a, right. in a tv <laughs> well i mean King i think so. I, I still feel like i remember reading in a, like a tv guide mm-hmm. when this came out that it was, it was, and i mentioned this when we did the shining mm-hmm. that supposedly i still remember this very vividly i could be making shit up i don't know but uh that tim daly was originally the choice for jack points in um the TV version of The Shining, but he couldn't do it and that he pitched Weber. And supposedly King had thought of Daly for the like specifically for this because he couldn't be Jack Torrance. Right. Um, it would have been an interesting Jack Torrance. I, I don't I know think he would have done it well, yeah. If he would have done it better than Weber because his performance is, is great. It's great. But um you know, Tim Daly is no Daly, Daly, is it Daly? 
Daily. I think it's daily. daily. I have no oh, idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're listening, Tim, we love you and we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and please continue to listen because we're we're not horrible. Um, uh, it's also got a you know Stephen King um, regular, I guess. Uh, Jeff DeMunn uh, in his third Stephen King movie after Shawshank and the Green Mile. Um, what, uh, what else we got? Uh, oh, I've missed the guy who's who plays the bad guy. What was his name? Please hold. I was, yeah, right? Well, this, I'm sorry. I, I'm working off IMDb and this, this cast listing is all out of order. It's not in order of importance. It's all over the place. Uh, Colm Fiore yeah, as uh, yeah. Andre Linoge. Uh, and then I don't know a whole whole bunch of townies. Uh, nobody else. Really. Many townies. Many. Uh, one of the guys I did notice uh, who was in I think two of the three episodes uh, played Doc, uh, the old guy on Fraggle Rock, yep. and also the bartender old. from Boondock Saints. So it was nice to see him for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that's the important vital stats. Uh, anything else I missed that you guys want to make sure we point out? I don't think so. Uh-uh. No, um, it's, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of people doing kind of unconvincing main accent. You know? um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did want to, because there's a couple that I thought that did okay, like Jeff, okay. DeMond, I, Jeff DeMond did an okay one, but it changed from scene to scene, even for him. Yep. And um, I can't figure out if Tim Daly's even, uh, and that, I looked it up, it's Dave. He's not even trying. It's like D-me. No, uh-uh. like, you know. He just no, has he, the generic American accent. Right, like. I, I posted something when I was watching it. I'm like, you know, is there a certain amount of main accent that they'll let go in a, in a Stephen King adaptation and they have to like dole it out to decide who needs to get it? And It could be a, it could easily be a, uh, uh, like a David Boreanaz and Angel thing where like he <laughs> couldn't really do a convincing <laughs> Irish accent. So they just had right. to get it as often as they yeah. could. Um, uh, they, he was like, yeah, yeah I've been, in America, I've been in America for like 150 years. I don't have an accent, you know? Right. And they'd be like, but yeah, you, you had one back in 1800. No, I don't, I don't yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just um, yeah, nitpicky um, stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I think Tim Daly. I mean, that was my joke of watching it. I was like, "Hey, Tim Daly being uh, generically handsome, right?" Um, and he does good at it. He's, but, good, uh, he's very good as uh, mm-hmm. generically handsome. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. So, Storm of the Century. The uh, uh, basic story is uh, the Storm of the Century eh, is hitting. Um, it's going to be a cork of a storm. Uh, is hitting. Uh, hitting Little Tall Island, which is uh, canonically uh, off the coast of Castle Rock in right. uh, King's fictional thing. However, they don't really mention Castle Rock. They mention Machias a lot. They and mentioned Derry a few times. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Machias is a real place. Right. Uh, Machias actually exists, um, but it is not Castle Rock. Um, well, so- I mean, Castle Rock um, wasn't I know he went back to it afterwards, but wasn't Needful Things at one point supposed to be the last Castle Rock story? It was billed as such, yes. And then he um, went back anyways, but... Yeah, but in uh, but Dolores Claiborne takes place yes. on Fall Island and Minjin's Castle Rock pretty specifically. Right. Uh, I, it, was ironic be, it was ironic. It was ironic. I actually listened just completely by happenstance to Dolores Claiborne this week because I, we're doing it for a book club my friend has. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? I didn't realize they were in the same town until you. Yep, know. that's where Little Tall Island made its debut. Is Flores Playboy, um, right? And um, so, like, but basically, the storm's about to hit. Everybody's kind of freaking out about the storm, um, and then a weird, mysterious, magical guy named Andre Linoge, played by Colm Fiore, uh, shows up, murders an old lady, says a bunch of mean things to people, right? Gets put in jail by Constable Tim Daly, um, which is what's his name in this movie? 
it's Michael uh, Anderson. It's Mike the most Anderson. generic American name yeah. ever. Mike and everybody has to call him Mike Anderson at every time. Mike Anderson. Yeah. You listen to me, Mike Anderson. Um, yeah. Uh, and basically, uh, so Mike Anderson is the constable. He uh, locks up the guy. Um, and in traditional uh, fiction fashion, the guy who is in the cage has more power than the people outside the cage. Right. Um, and they keep going out of their way to kind of have, engage him in conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we, we see uh, every single time anybody talks to him long enough, they get screwed Something over. bad happened. But yeah. they're like, I'm going to keep talking to this guy. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, eventually he gets out. The idea is that he's sort of terrorizing the town into giving him a child. Right. So that he may pass on his evil ways to a youngin, right. um, and then predictably, uh, and the town then turns on each other. They give him the kid. It turns out, except for Mike Anderson, and of course, mm-hmm. it's Mike Anderson's kid who's chosen. Right. And um, in uh, it's not the first time King would go to the uh, nudge people in a small town even a little bit, and they'll turn on each other and fall apart faster right. than American politics in right. 2014. Uh, 2017, rather, excuse me. And uh, uh, and so that's basically the story in a nutshell. Uh, Mike then is mad at everybody. He leaves town. Um, he becomes a federal marshal. He runs into Linoge and his kid, who is now an evil creature himself, and right. then apparently gets over it. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, But that's the plot in a nutshell. Basically, uh, it's a right. snowstorm movie, which is why we're doing it for yeah. the civilian thing. A uh, massive snowstorm has hit Little Tall Island. Uh, and an evil creature comes in the middle of it, causes a bunch of problems. Um, and this is a movie, uh, Sam, I know that you're going to ask this question because right. you mentioned it to me already before we started recording. And you want to know what we see in this movie that you do know. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, I, I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't really feel anything at all towards it. Um, it's it's not the worst Stephen King thing I've seen by by a long shot, but it's, it's definitely not its finest hour. It was just interesting that when I posted on Facebook about watching this, that everybody who responded to it was like, I love this movie. And, I'm, and I watched it, I'm like, why? why? <laughs> um, I don't mean that to be, be, a, be a dick, but it's just like, I don't get it. So if you guys want to explain, you know, your well, personal reaction I'm gonna let towards no, it. Predominantly, I'm going to let Nastasia cover it. Because I'm interested to, find, to hear I think Nastasia is the one who's really, really into it at this point. Because mm-hmm. uh, after this viewing, I'm I'm not as into it. But um, for me, my, the reason why I think I watch this every year is because mm-hmm. I there's two reasons I think that work about this film. And one of them is, I mean, the reason why we're doing it for Snowed In is because right. I love that that aesthetic. Uh, right. I want more, I want more movies in the snow. I think that's actually a really cool um, backdrop. Yeah, we need and, to do we need to do snowed in every January because we've gotten almost no snow here this month. Yeah, so, I haven't gotten any yeah. for the first time in a long time. So maybe yeah. we're, maybe we did something. I think Nastasia's <laughs> gotten more in Texas than I have in Missouri. Um, <laughs> it's possible, but um, but for me, so there's that. Um, and then the other thing was that I think this is a good movie for sort of self insertion. Um, mm-hmm. There's a morality tale, and especially, of course, this whole thing's to build up the last twenty minutes. Right. And uh, where, which is when the moralistic argument actually occurs. And I think it's fairly easy for us to, for me anyway, and I'm mm-hmm. sure this is probably true of both of you, is to put yourself in that position mm-hmm. to think about. Uh, and I think that we ultimately, and obviously the point is that we identify with Mike. Right. That all of us, I think that I. I Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. Don't just say um, Mike. You can't, I don't yeah, have to do I, that. Okay. It has to be Mike Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that uh, I feel like we would be on his side and right. uh, and and 
argue against Linoge. Uh, I feel pretty confident I would say that. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident you guys would say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm so glad you think that of me. Right. <laughs> well, I don't think you would be bullied, but I don't think you would be bullied by an evil creature into just being like, yeah, whatever. Um, right. I feel, I feel like that we all have, more especially power. since he doesn't really offer much in the way of, you know, recompense other than I'll stop being a jerk. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk know, about maybe that. If you yeah. But sorry, we'll go ahead. Yeah. We'll talk about that. We'll but that's, that. but yeah, my, uh, my, so, I mean, that for me is what, uh, really what spoke to me every single time was it was mm-hmm. really easy to put myself into this story right. in a way that, uh, I thought was intriguing. Um, now, like I said, this time watching it through, I'm like, uh, noticing things like, you know, it's pretty poorly written. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's way too long. It's pretty Uh, flat. It's why is this four hours? Um, It's pretty flat visually too. I mean, it doesn't, at least the version I watched, the SD version, you know, was kind of look kind of blah, you know, I don't think there is an HD version. No, I mean, there's a, but I was watching a YouTube video of it because I couldn't find the DVD in time. Um, Uh, So there might've been less quality than even the DVD. So the version I had was not exactly great quality either. Yeah, I have the DVD. It's not (laughs) great. It's, it's very like nineties TV movie quality. But I am going to go back and pick it up because I heard King does a commentary track. So I'm probably going to, I believe he does. Yeah. He and Craig are Baxley. I think they do it together for the whole thing. Um, so anyways, uh, Nas, uh, yeah, so, what's, yeah. this, what's this movie to you? Okay, well, I definitely agree with everything Nate said. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I, it's probably why, another reason why, like, I love the mist out of Stephen yes. King movies. I love the, I love the monsters are scary, right. but people are way worse right. trope. Right. I was going to touch on the, how the mist was kind of a better version of this, uh, but go ahead, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I will fully admit there's a lot of nostalgia goggles going mm-hmm. on with this movie. Like I come from a Stephen King household. My mom right. showed me them far earlier than was probably acceptable right. to most mm-hmm. families. And she loved this one. And we watched it when it was live on TV and recorded mm-hmm. it on a crappy VHS tape right. and mm-hmm. watched it like every time there was an intense snowstorm in Maine yep. until I'm pretty sure the tape melted. Mm-hmm. So we... I just have such good memories tied up with just this four hour long slog through the snow. It's like, oh, the weather, the weather's terrible. We're not right. going anywhere. Want to watch Storm of the Century? Yeah. So, but yeah. honestly, like I've rewatched it pretty recently and it's, it's definitely very 90s. The writing is not great. A lot yeah. of the acting is painfully bad to watch, but right. I still think it, it holds up more than a lot of stuff from the nineties does. So I still enjoy it. It's, it's not, it's not like my top Stephen King movie, but I, I give it like a solid B. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being nostalgically into, into something and having, you know, no, a personal no. connection to it. That's, that's what this is all about. You know? It's, yeah, it's, and I mean, and even though, like I said, this time I watched it and I was like, wow, but this is not the quality show i thought it was uh for right. years because i would do the same thing i'd watch it every year there'd be a snowstorm and it would be this mm-hmm. all, all four of the things we've done for this month are the right. things that i would put on when there's a snowstorm um and uh and i think that's the thing is i think every time i watched uh storm of the century i would have like a scotch in my in, in <laughs> That'll so i think yeah and i think this time i was just kind of like um and i had i think i had beer and i was just thinking i was like this, I, I don't know oh beer, there's the, the problem yeah. Like, well, right. yeah the beer ain't working i guess Nathaniel um, Johnson, you need to get some scotch in your hands. Get, get some scotch. <laughs> you listen to me, Mike Anderson. You uh, 
<laughs> I hope nobody goes back and re-listens to that because that was more Boston than Maine, I think, what I did. So yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the the accents are pretty similar. Right. Uh, New England yeah. in general all kind of sounds a lot alike. Right. And, uh, Especially to my to my Cleveland ears. I mean, my my you know, Coca uh, the Storm. You know, right. it's like it's basically a combination of the Pepperidge Farm guy and Fred Gwynn from <laughs> and, and and I've said it before. Those are the places where I get my main accent ideas from too. So yeah. you know, it's yeah. <laughs> well. I mean, uh, uh, that's something that I had noted to Lori when we were watching uh, Storm of the Century, or as she called it, that awful Stephen King thing. Um, <laughs> well, you got to be more specific, Lori. I mean, yeah. so yeah. she was talking about Storm of the Century, right? Um, <laughs> context uh but right. yeah uh but i think i had noted that i was like I, I, they might as after fred Gwynn and pet cemetery they might as well have retired it like right that, that no one was ever going to do no actor was ever going to affect a non-natural main accent better than fred Gwynn did in that movie that's true mm-hmm. and so i to the point where i'm like as you pointed out like why are only some of them even attempting it and other ones aren't you might as well have just right. not done it um yeah and, and it's perfectly it, acceptable it wouldn't have made a difference. that accent yeah. right it wouldn't have made a difference um authenticity doesn't really matter um you know in that respect uh but i mean uh so in terms of moving on from quality because i don't i don't think we're gonna uh get much further with that um no it's just it's it's (laughs) It's uh, just not that great very yeah it's a very flawed flawed show um but we're not really we're not really film critics as we've noted before we don't that's not really our bag um we're analysts and there's a lot interest there's a lot of interesting things going on in storm of the century Right. Um, they may not be interesting. They may not be that interesting in their presentation, but they're interesting ideas. And I will actually say that um, when they finally get there, after 18 Ooh. hours, um, <laughs> right. when they get to the town hall meeting, mm-hmm. things pick then up. It pops. Significantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's definitely something pops that we, we have Tim Daly sort of filibustering, um, right. which hopefully will be a sad memory, Mitch McConnell. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we forgot to. I didn't even mention it in our opening. Oh, this is actually our first first show in Biden's America. Yes, um, we no longer have a, uh, a desperate in charge. So, so. hooray, we hooray. we have a chance. <laughs> Huzzah! Yeah, yeah, we have might, a shot at this. Might, guy, might so. literally save my life. I might actually get right. back on unemployment because of Joe Biden. So yeah, knock uh, on wood. I may yep. not starve to death. Yeah, um, but um, but anyway. Um, and I would argue that actually maybe the town hall meeting is actually very similar to what we've seen in our country in the last yes. few weeks yes. uh, in terms of uh, when the people are, are terrorized, they, they right. actually favor the guy terrorizing them instead of the guy who's trying to help. Right. Them. Um, it's, it's odd because I feel like this Stephen King story is kind of a little bit of an inversion of the, the, the Stephen King um, writing tropes that we we kind of accept like the opening is interesting the ending is interesting and it's the middle that actually is agree yeah right yeah. uh whereas he's got this you know reputation of, of not nailing the landing i think he nailed the landing on this i think it was just the middle part that just i agree yeah and i had the Definitely. same thought yeah i had the yeah. same thought he usually has a pretty hard time with endings and this uh right. in this one it actually in fact the other two projects he did with craig r baxley fall mm-hmm. into that category like, Which I have not seen those either, so maybe oh. I should I should get to that. Rose Red, well, Rose Red's not bad. Um, mm. It's not great. Um, okay, I watched the Lars von Trier Kingdom, Kingdom. Um, but I didn't yeah. watch his. I didn't watch King's mini- miniseries King, version. Kingdom Hospital, no, right? Yeah, uh, Kingdom Hospital is actually pretty well done until the end. It has a really, really lousy last episode. Um, okay, and uh, much like uh, a lot of King post Van hit, you know, it, it had a lot right. of nonsense words and. Uh, 
and cutesy characters and things don't really pan out. Um, right. But I mean, like, but this film actually does have a strong ending. Yes. It essentially does. And um, although the or at least a strong third hack. Third yeah, act is third act. strong. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The, the postscript, maybe not so much. I don't know if we needed him in uh, finding out what happens to him after he leaves Little Tall Island. Don't right. know if we need that. Um, uh, except, I guess, to justify the, uh, I, the book-ended um, right. narration, which is a weird uh, Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it started with narration, and I'm like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, if it ain't Morgan Freeman, uh, you right. probably have a problem, yeah. I, I do think they needed a little bit of the ending, um, you know, to show that he had left the island and he doesn't talk to these people anymore. Uh, but, you know, the button of him running into them on the streets of San Francisco was a little, little too much, I think, but... I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that postscript because there's, there's something that glares at me about that. Something glaring about that, that I, uh, once we get there, but. Um, uh, start with a uh, part one and then we'll just move on to part two. And well, part actually three, I, was gonna, gonna, I was going to, I was going to jump. I was going to, I'm going to uh, give you guys a little thesis statement. And okay. usually I get, usually I get blowback on this. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to chance it. I think Andre Linoge is bluffing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people tell me Andre Linoge is not bluffing, and I'm like, I'm almost certain he's bluffing. Well, bl- uh, bluffing, bluffing as far as like he's, he's not he's not going to be able to destroy the entire town. Yes, I yeah, don't. I think, would agree I, with that. I don't think he can kill them. I don't think he, he can. He's he's moving on. His powers are waning. I think I think we've seen we've we've shown and seen the extent of his powers throughout this, mm-hmm. and that's you know some some telekinesis. Yeah. Um, and some ability, mind control. Some yeah. mind control. Uh, I do want to touch on the mind control a little bit later um, because I think it undermines the plot. Um, and uh, and the ability to see inside people's souls and see what their secret shame is. Yeah. I think that's pretty much his power. I don't think, first of all, I don't like the overuse of the story of Roanoke. Um, <laughs> Lori and I yeah. were freaking out on the uh, uh, during that. I was like, because, oh my God, shut up. We know, we know what happened to Roanoke. It's not really a... Right, they went and lived with the Indians. Yeah, that was it. Native American, please. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. The first people, uh, but yeah, it's it's I I like that. I like the American legend aspect of of the Roanoke colony, the Croatoan sure. thing. Sure. Um, but I feel like if you're going to bring it up, it needs to really have a good reason to be there, and I don't. Well, that's think what they I really. That's what I mean. I that. think that that the bluff. Using right. it as part of the bluff is actually clever. I think if there's anything that... If this, that's the case. I'm not sure if that's the case of what he was thinking when he wrote it, but it, it's possible. Well, I, I, we've talked about this before with like, author intent is always bad criticism. Like you don't, right. uh, you know, that's that's the first thing you learn when you're an English major. Nastasia can tell you that right. as well. Right, exactly. Uh, that, you know, uh, they, they the average like, viewer... The average viewer isn't going to put together that, you know, okay, so Roanoke was a fable that didn't really happen the way it said. Right. Therefore, he's lying. But uh, he's, but my, my thought process is that he's using it, using the idea mm-hmm. that people right. think that this is a common thing people still believe that Roanoke right. Island really was this mysterious yes. thing that happened. Um, that, that all he, ha- he can use it for window dressing. He can say, right. oh, yeah, I, I totally did this before. I can right. totally do it now. Um, but I mean, I, uh, I've always gotten blowback from it. People being like, no, I think he really could have done it. And I was like, no, I think that it's, no. it's, it's a poker game at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's unimportant too. No. I mean, but I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think he could have pulled it off. Um, I, didn't, I don't think he, the, maybe a thousand years ago, he might've had the power. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree too, because everything that 
everyone who died with the exception maybe of the old lady and that probably mm -hmm. wasn't a whole lot of his energy because she was right. like 90 right but everyone that he ended up making them kill themselves it it definitely seems like with the mind control he mm. did he basically made them do something that deep down they probably kind of wanted to do right anyway so it wasn't that much of a mind control aspect yeah. like what was her name cats cat 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 withers how do i yes, remember that what's yeah, wrong with you katrina know, withers what's wrong with <laughs> katrina withers yeah you know she probably did want to bash her boyfriend's skull in right so i thought yeah, i thought he, they were going to go with him bashing her skull in with the kind of kind of uh, yeah, well, that, and that was one of the reasons why I was like, I don't think he has to nice. actually do it because he got this one asshole kind of resisted. Right. Um, and I'm like, well, you're telling me he could do 200 people? Right. Uh, and My, I, I, I feel like if I were him, um, first of all, I wouldn't have done the. I guess they were a little early on the curve because this this is one of those you know, aha, my plan was to get caught all along right. uh, movies. <laughs> um, but I, I probably wouldn't have started off with murdering the person. I probably would have just showed up at the town hall in the middle of the storm and be like, hey, guys, I did this storm. If you want it to go away, right. give me what I want. Right. Otherwise, you're, you're trapped in this other dimension that I've built around your town. They can't get out. They can't see out. They can't he hear out. They, he could have played it like, you know, okay, you're in my world now. Right. If you want to leave. Right. And the entire is, point is, is that he needs them to do something. Right. Um, and so, like, in my mind, that, that was always the, the idea that he just, I mean, cause also, he doesn't, this is one of my arguments with, I think I dated a woman who was, like, like incensed that I believe that he could, uh, mm -hmm. that he couldn't do it. And she was, like, like, arguing with me pretty heavily on it. And I was, like, but if you, if you go, if you, if you're going at, like, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, um, right doesn't open with Jeremy Irons uh, uh, killing an old lady and then saying, by the way, I have a bomb. Right. Um, if he blows something up, he throws, yeah. it's a bomb and then says, I'll blow up right. shit. Yeah. He could have been mo much more direct with his plan if he was actually able to pull it off. If he was I able, think. right. If you, right. if he was able to actually do the amount of force that he claims he could do, right. why didn't he start off with something big? But um, I, I do think, I do think on the other side of the equation, I do think the ability to question whether or not he can works in the story's favor. Yeah. Actually, this um, is actually because, oh, definitely. Time. That, that puts that puts the the decision more upon the townsfolk than you know they're that's, in an inevitable situation. And that's where I was sort of going with it was I was like the idea that he's bluffing is is what makes the the townspeople the real villain, right? Is that rather than than chance it and call their bluff? Because I firmly believe that if they had followed Mike Mike, Mike Anderson, right? Mike uh, Anderson, Michael Anderson. If they had, if, and I, this is like Constable the first time. and grocery clerk. For whatever reason, this was the first. Well, actually, that's pretty common for those little islands off the coast. Of yeah. The constable is literally like a guy. Lori said the same thing. She's like, what? 6000 a year to be constable? And I'm like, he's, he's literally his job is to like, is to, is to like deal with a, uh, the town drunk. The thing that gave me pause like, with that is Dolores Claiborne is set in the same town a couple years later. And they actually have like, you know, an official police department. Hmm. And I'm like, you, you wrote both of these. Why don't these line up? That's why it got, got on me, yeah. Right, yeah. I went, I, these small I went, towns. Uh, I went out to Monhegan Island once uh, to visit a friend of mine who was working out there um, and uh, met the constable. And he was basically also the weed dealer. Um, but I mean, like, uh, he, he wasn't actually a weird dude. If, if people from uh, don't... So he was the guy with the bales of weed hidden in, in the back. Yeah. 
Uh, and if, if any Mohegan <laughs> Island people are listening to this, but uh, that's, I don't really mean that. But I mean, you basically right. you would have part, you would basically have parties with like uh, hotel staff. Right. Um, and it was the idea that he was very much a, uh, 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 formality. Right. Uh, he was there to basically deal with very minor issues. And he, oh yeah, there's a lot doing, of small towns. They that, gave you know, him just very, he gave, have, they basically he had a little apartment that they gave him and he made and a stipend. His, yeah. And a yeah. stipend. Yeah. And he would just, uh, you know, if someone got too drunk, he would just go pick them up. Right. You know, um, but uh, and, and so it's not you, a situation that you can do like on you know, in the mainland where you know okay well we'll just call the sheriff you know if we need anything or the the highway patrol for these small towns you know you have to have somebody on the island um, that can be your first response yeah yeah um, exactly yeah and uh, but anyway yeah this I think this was the first time uh, that I really noticed that um, and again I think it was just the idea that in my head like things were better written mm -hmm. uh, right. but the uh, this time I realized that Mike, Mike Anderson actually does outright stay, uh, say he's a uh, call his bluff. He says he's bluffing. Right. Um, and I don't think I noticed that in the past. I always thought that it was something that didn't come up um, or okay. more subtle than that. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, he said, actually said he's, he's bluffing and if we stand up against him. He can't do anything. And I'm like, I think that's true. Um, right. And that's somewhat metatextual in the sense that Stephen King stories tend to go in that direction that evil can't really do anything unless you give well, consent to do it. Like you have to, if you stand up to them. Right. They, what was the exact, what was the exact circumstances? And I, I'm a little fuzzy on it because uh, what happened at that point in the movie, I was a little bit like just out of it. Um, what, what were the exact circumstances he had the kids in? Were they like in a coma or were they? Yeah. Like, he kind of had them in a coma and then he said, they're flying through the air. Right. They I said they're flying them. and they showed that, they showed that little thing, but I'm like, that's, that's a coma dream, isn't it? Yeah, I like they weren't literally in the air. Like so, okay. I was, but I was, yeah, just, I think they were. They were going with the the metaphor that he was suggesting because that's the right. thing. The town manager then says, "Well, they can fall," um, right. which okay. would which I could see why that would be confusing. We'd be like, "Well, wait, are they literally flying?" Um, right. Because if they're are. literal, you know, if he literally has them flying or whatever, and you know, I, there, there's a little higher stakes there because he could, you know, just kill all these children. Um, if he's just has them under like a spell, uh, yeah, they could probably stand up to him. They might be fine. Well, I, I would actually argue that's the thing is that that scene he says like he's bluffing, he can't kill us right. all, and they're like, well, what about the kids? I'm like, actually, that's that's the wrong direction. Right. Uh, if he's bluffing about killing all the entire town, uh, part of the reason why he's bluffing about that is because he wants one of these kids. He can't kill the kids. Well, he can't kill. There's all no. Of them. There's no. He can kill. He can kill all but one. Yeah, maybe. But that. But then they wouldn't be choosing. And right. I think the ritual of choosing of choosing actually matters to him. Um, yes. And uh, so, I mean, like, it's the same thing, like, uh, with most hostage films, you know, when you've got somebody saying, do what I tell you or I'm going to kill your family and be like, well, if you kill my family, I'm not giving you anything. Right. Um, so but the, co the cost of calling that bluff could be the lives of all these kids. And sure. so I get I get I get why they're they're well, in a conundrum with that. Yeah. It's what causes Mike to, to falter. Too. Right. Is when he says that. What about the kids? And Mike says, actually, I, I can't really entirely call that bluff. I, I would have liked to have seen an alternate scene where they're like, okay, give us one of the kids. And they're like, take the fat one. <laughs> yeah, we don't Nobody even like that one. He, he didn't want that kid. That kid was a... Well, that was he was my, already that, evil. He, that, yeah, yeah, seriously. Let's work. That's, another, let's work that's another theory that I have, actually, is particularly on this rewatch, is that um, Ralphie was the one right. that was the one he was there for in the begin with. I, uh, I would have probably agree with that yeah, yeah. absolutely he knew exactly it seemed like that's where it was going um yeah. with the, with the plot yeah 
I think that I think he's it's uh it he absolutely knew which kid he was walking away with. Which yeah. yeah. Maybe it was you know, I've never really thought of it, but maybe he wanted to have the kid of the one person who resisted him, you know, the son of the righteous man. Yeah. Right. So so the, so again we get back into the weeds of like, well, is this really a decision the town made or not? You know, if, if he had, if he knows the outcome of the game already. I think he knows I think he knows which one he's uh, he knows which kid he wants. Right. Um, and I think he's there for that kid. Um, but this still has, the decision still has to be made by the town. And, uh, and that's why it's a bluff. That's why he can't uh, like, and uh, so I think that it's like, I, I don't know if he knew when he, uh, I think he knew when he met the kid, that this mm-hmm. is the one I want. I don't know if right. he was like, you know, looking across oceans of time and being like, Oh, this is the one that I need. Right. I think it was probably showed up. The kid runs up, and of course Stephen King puts a little birth a fairy saddle right. on his nose to make sure we know he's special. Um, <laughs> that kid is not a that kid's not a corgi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we know. Uh, but I think that I think that he knew which one he wanted, which one he was going for. I'm sorry. When they said fairy saddle, I had to look it up because I'm like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. And yeah, it's like a birthmark, but it's Those also like corgis. Yeah, corgis were ridden by fairies into battle, which is the best thing I've ever I've heard all week. Oh, now I understand your Facebook post. I have no, I had no idea what the hell you were talking about. You're like, yeah, it's, to ride a corgi in a battle. I'm like, what the hell are you smoking? Yeah, apparently the you know the the little folks would ride them like steeds into battle, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to get one hell of a large corgi to, for that to work for me, but you know that's fine. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, and I also do think that, um, not only do I think he knew which kid he wanted, but I think that he knew, I don't know if he wanted him because he was Mike's kid, like Mike Nastasia said, but I think that Mike was something he didn't see coming. And, um, and so the way I looked at it was it's like a poker game. It was like that he sits down at the table with little tall Island. He's an expert poker player. Right. And, uh, he, what I think is that he doesn't have great cards. He's got like a pair of Queens, like nothing, right. nothing mind blowing, but he can win if he plays the table. Right. Yeah. And what he thinks is that everyone's going to fold and he's going to win easily until this one guy. Right. That's I got a good feeling about my cards and decides to bet. And so yeah. he has to go all in with the, I'll kill everybody unless you do what I tell you, because I think that he really does think he's going to roll in here and it's going to be easy. And it yeah. would be if it weren't for Mike. Uh, but I think that's the idea is that I think he, he says, oh shit, there's actually a good man here who is right. kind and compassionate and people like him and he's respected and they, they actually have a leader. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a problem. And by the way, I love that everybody, like what uh, town manager is into hookers. Uh, right. One guy committed a hate crime and Mike, and Mike cheated on his chem exam. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's the um, worst thing they've got thing on. They've got the pedo done. priest and yeah, I, that was can. that was a little that was a little unrealistic. I mean, and everybody's he, done something they haven't and they're never, not proud of. And but it, I think it was things that they're they're secretly ashamed of, and so well, yeah. he doesn't. You know, he doesn't have. He's too pure, is what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's. Everybody's done something worse than cheat on a test. I'm sorry, everybody. And it's played, <laughs> and it's played, and it's it's played so straight too. Right. Um, like he doesn't like no one even comments on the fact that like, that that really that's it. 
right. Uh, because like, Linoge, what is this? Saved Linoge by the Bell? It, right. Linoge literally says it like it's like the worst thing ever. Yeah, though you should tell your how child daddy this got one day, through college. How daddy got through college and be like, yeah, I was bad at chem. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like he'd tell his kid, and the kids would be like, and, and? what's what's the rest of this story? <laughs> yeah. I uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that I cheated all in college, but um, you know. It's, but nobody hey, knows. Things are hard. Yeah. Um, you got through things. Yeah, I got my degree. I got there eventually, after like fifteen years of on and off. Right. Yeah, but especially like third up against everybody else's right. Sins. Right. Like you were, um, you were, you were screwing a prostitute while your mother was dying. Right. Like, oh, you, you beat up a uh, beat up a gay man and you cheated on your chemistry. You almost, exam. you almost killed a gay man because you and your friends were were closeted. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. that's that's a way different level than I cheated on an exam. Um, I, I think also the uh, the one girl getting an abortion was a little bit uh, suspect. Um, I don't know. I, small towns, inbuilt shame on getting that kind of thing. I get that, but at the same yeah. time, like that's your dark secret. Come on, nineteen ninety nine. I don't think. I don't think the way I kind of read it was she mm-hmm. wasn't ashamed of it, but mm-hmm. she was afraid of people's reaction. Oh yeah, she was ostracized. They proved it. For, yeah. Immediately having sex ostracized. with that guy. Yeah. And she was already being ostracized for having sex with her boyfriend, which I didn't understand, but you know, old old people in old towns, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that, that King actually does rather specifically with this mm-hmm. story is everybody's uh, there are no young people in this movie. There's like two people, there's a there's right. like a handful of children. Right. And then we have Billy and, and what's her face? Right. Um the the abortion girl. And everybody else is, is... Don't forget Davey Hopewell. Oh, yeah, Davey Hopewell. Damn short to play who basketball. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, who then uh, uh, disappears in the narrative. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we have... So there are like no young people. Everybody else is at, at most, like at least like 35. Right. Like, um, although I guess maybe the Anderson... Mike maybe wasn't. I don't know. I, don't, I, can't, I can't really tell. <laughs> I don't know. But, I um, felt like it was like maybe 30s. You know? yeah, yeah, early 30s. Early 30s he, anyway. If he was younger than that, I don't know if he'd, you know, be the owner of the grocery store and the constable yet. You know, he no. doesn't have the bona fides yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just trying to figure, like, what, is he early 30s or late 30s? But, I mean, he does have... Yeah, a, there's no young adults, hardly. But that's it's, what I mean. Is there's, no, there's no young people, so you're going to have conservative ideals for right. the most part in this scenario. And I think King does that very deliberately because young people yes. might actually would probably have a different view. Right. Um, in fact, they go out of their way to say they're all they're all on the mainland. Like the all the high school kids, yeah. all the college kids right. are, are in like Machias. They're like right. hey, they're waiting out the storm. So all we have here is the old people who can't travel, and right. the people who are like essential workers, ostensibly. Yeah. Uh, you know the constable Hatch, um, who's a highly underrated character, by the way. I liked Hatch mm-hmm. this time around. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. uh, um, there's some really great moments with that character. Yeah. That we get the impression that, uh, and one of the things I liked about Mike Anderson as well, which was the idea that they're actually surprisingly competent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike does pretty well with yeah. uh, with what he's got, and um, and uh, it makes him a likable character. And of course, we like Tim Daly anyway. You know, I think that he he just uh, he's another guy like Stephen Weber. I think in uh, The Shining, I think just, the charisma is there that we're just on yeah. his team. Yeah, he plays um, a good everyman. Yeah. Know, it's- but Hatch has some great moments, like yelling at the town manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get the impression that Hatch is, is not is is just there for his extra three grand a year, right? You know, he's Mike's buddy. Um, 
How, how far does like three grand get you in a town like that? I feel like it would get you pretty far in the late nineties. Late nineties. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit of extra cash. It's, it's, uh, you yeah. know, it's his kid's college fund or something like that. Right. Right. Or, you know, uh, you know, he gets a little bit of extra money to, to basically drink beer at the station with Mike, you know? Right. Um, so when push comes to shove, it's actually kind of interesting that he actually rises to the occasion somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it all the more powerful when he ultimately uh, justifies his viewpoint right. at the end where he's like, oh, I'll just pretend Pippa died in childbirth. Right. Um, which yeah, is which course, is kind of messed up when you think very, about it. It's like, I'm going to erase all the memories that yeah. I mm-hmm. had of this like eight-year-old child. And, yeah. yeah, and it doesn't scan well with, you know, how do you explain that to the social security people? But yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but that's and that, but that's what I mean is that the the real evil of the story isn't even Linoge. It's the mm-hmm. the townspeople not only willing to give him what he wants, but willing to justify that. And that's the kind of that's the kind of take on uh, demons that I like is where they're they're not forces of evil. They're opportunists. They're people yeah. who who try to turn you off of you know what you probably know is right. Uh, you know, just have, have a demon come in and go, wah, ha, 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 I'm going to make the, the toilets belch fire. You know, it's, it's, it's not it's not as interesting as, as this kind of demon. No, it, and King likes that type of uh, – right. I, I actually remember I had a um, – Even though I think he went too far with uh, Jeff DeMunn's character into, like, reenacting the parts of The Exorcist. Uh, mm. He has the this, – the visions of his of his mother, like, why did you leave me, Donnie? Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, I love like, that part completely. I love. I loved like, it. I loved it in The Exorcist. I loved it in The Exorcist. And the, the, here, I'm like, I've seen this. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we see Stephen King's writing. Uh, uh, he, I mean, he says hell is repetition, but I'm kind of like, well, King, your writing is kind of repetitious. At um, times, you know. Inspired. Uh, <laughs> He likes, uh, he really, well, he really likes his arc words. Yes. Really, really likes them. Oh, you mean specifically his writing, his repetition. I thought you meant yeah. his themes, themes and settings. No, 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 okay. no, 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 I got no, no, no. I'm talking about okay. his style. Um, and it's, it's kind of uh, a little bit painfully obvious here, but he- Because I was going to go against you on that because I feel like one of King's strong suits is that he, he plays a lot with the same themes and puts them in different lights. And yeah, no, I agree with that. Comes back to the same- I'm talking about, I'm talking about yeah. him saying- uh, His literal writing. Want. Yeah, give right. me what I want or I'll go away a hundred million right. times. I'm talking about right. um, Hell's repetition being right. said a million times. Talking uh, about I'm everyone using- eyes. Everyone using their everyone's full name every His time they talk name. to him. <laughs> no one does that. No one right. does that. Maybe really old people maybe do that. Because um, yeah, they're reminding themselves because it's the bench. Yeah. You know, or it's a, well, that was what Lori, I remember Lori was saying. She's like, well, that, that's the type of thing that only parents do when they're mad at their kids. Yeah. Like, well, uh, I didn't hear any middle names, so I guess they're not in real trouble. Right, not in real trouble. <laughs> But the one that was egregious that we, we, we were laughing about was the little kid saying it. Right. Um, what's wrong with Katrina? Whatever. The kid turns around and actually says her whole name. And I'm like, that kid's eight. How does he even know her last name? Because everyone in the town does this all the time. This yeah, apparently. It's all just over interact. your heads. It's how they remember right. each other's names, apparently, is the full name has to be stated. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's so weird because and I don't want to run too much at it, but I mean, because usually people either refer to each other as their first names or if you're already in the conversation, you just stop using names because you know who you're talking to. Right. Um, or if you're being formal, you use their last name. Nope. 
nobody does the full name anywhere ever really i mean there's like chris traeger for introduction uh, and then that's it parks and rec and uh right it's like it's only done in fiction yeah right um in fact the use of of use of proper names in general is is something you usually only find in fiction like a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't talk to each other that way no uh i mean you think about it how many times do you actually say your significant other's first name right you know it's usually honey sweetie baby you know um you know you don't usually unless it's like across the house i think that it's like hey Lori, like do we have do we have any more pie like Um, because if you don't say her name she might think you're talking to the cat the cat (laughs) um that's like the only time other than that you don't really say names um yeah it's just to get someone's attention and then from there you're just from there it's just you know familiarity yeah uh but so it's it's funny but i mean it's we've we've already uh ran it into the ground so um (laughs) but not as much as he did (laughs) <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I'm with you on the, on, uh, uh, mom showing up and, uh, and saying, because she kept saying the same things and it might be a weakness of television in general, that it might've been more interesting right. if she just started like cursing them out. But, um, right. which I, I think would have preferred because it's hilarious when old ladies swear, but agreed. Agreed. Um, yes, very much. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, I guess the other thing that and I guess the idea of him going to hell with his mom and her eating his eyes over and over again, that's a that's a pretty horrific idea. I'll give it that. Sure. I just, sure. yeah, it's repeated too many times where it loses its its impact. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is from uh, this film being too long. Right. Um, I think that I honestly do believe that uh, there is a really great, like, 100 one minute, movie, one like, 100 minute film in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as you pointed out, like there's way too many characters, and at the point where the, most of them are undeveloped, underdeveloped, that why have them? Right. Um, or completely undeveloped, most of them. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a lot. A lot of, of, I was gonna say there's like a, there's like four or five guys who like help out Mike in his story, and we don't really ever. I don't think we get their names. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely. There's a long-haired guy who's like with Hatch, like for like a huge amount of part two, and I don't right. I don't know what his name is. Uh, he's got long hair and wide and, eyes. And, and that's the most baffling part to me is that, you know, we have a four four hour and 17 minute long movie. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I could not tell you anything specific about any of the characters at all. As far yeah. as like, you know, what their characters are uh, other than, you know, he's, he's the good guy. He's, he's the constable. Um, Jeff DeMunn is the, you know, the city manager and he's kind of a Weasley dick because he's a city manager. Um, I couldn't write, I couldn't write for any of these characters, you know, and, and have any sort of idea of what I'm writing down is, is something that they would do or say. Right. And with a movie that's basically, you know, a, a four hour plus character piece with some supernatural elements that I feel like that's a real big failure. Mm. Yeah. So, Nostalgia, what is there anything you specifically you want to talk about with this movie? Um, I mean, a lot of what we've talked about today has definitely made me reevaluate some things about the movie. I still love it, but yeah, I, still love I, it. I, I, I want some. I want someone on right. the internet now to make like a hundred minute cut yeah. of this movie because I don't even. I don't even think fanedit.org would have that, but it's possible <laughs> <laughs> because. I, I feel like it d- does really mm-hmm. have a lot of promise, 
Right. Yeah, it's and got it's, a lot of great something, concepts. Yeah, it's something that I wish would get a remake, but since mm-hmm. it wasn't actually a book, it was written as a script, yeah, then right. he would have to rewrite the script too. This is also one of the the things that he usually points to as being his favorite TV work. Um, mm. And more than one occasion, I guess he's, he's said that it is. And I'm like, why? <laughs> um, why? I think it's just because it's, it's, it's his, his script directly to the screen. That would be uh, So maybe, maybe he's mm-hmm. seeing all the pieces that we're not or, you know, seeing it in a different light. I think as a concept, it's, it's a very good concept of his. Yep. It's, it's a very great idea. Um, yep. I just don't know if it worked at, at the end of the day. It has made me now want to go watch The Mist again. Yes. Yeah. The watch the black and white one. That one's uh, the better. black. Yeah, the black and the, the black and white version is pretty damn cool. I will say. Right. I will agree. Um, and I do love the mist. And uh, it's I, funny that I wanted to watch the, the first half. I wanted to watch Needful Things, and the second half I wanted to watch the myth. The mist. The yeah. myth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny that um, uh, and I've had this conversation with Sam a couple of times where I've been like, we have to we we've done too much Stephen King. We got to. Uh, we got to back away from Stephen King, and then he right. just keeps coming back, and we're like, "God damn it!" And I'm like, well, Man. You, And I was thinking, I was like, "This is it. This is it. We're not. We're, no. we're not doing Stephen King." And I'm like, "No, we got one in March. Damn it!" Um, <laughs> and uh, okay, you know what though? I we talked earlier about uh, New Year's resolutions, and I unofficially decided that uh, my new job I could listen to audiobooks or I could listen to you know podcasts a lot because I'm just you know cleaning stuff yeah. after hours mm-hmm. so I decided I'm going to try to listen to as many Stephen King books as I can and try to get quote unquote caught up yeah and I feel like I'm probably going to do the same thing with this movie so I we might not be out of the woods anytime soon <laughs> no and that's the other thing I was like you know okay you know almost inevitably this summer we're going to cover it uh right you no know, uh you know i'm like and then again i was like the mist is gonna come up we're gonna do the mist so i'm like we might as well not even pretend that yeah. like there's gonna be a moratorium on king anytime soon like uh, it's, it's such a big part of our generation's you know yeah we upbringing into horror him. that you, you can't get mm-hmm. around it if you tried yeah we can't escape him uh, i'll give him what he wants so he'll go away <laughs> he um, won't he'll though. never go away yeah. and i hope he yeah. never goes away you know it's yeah, we're not going to say that too. He's not a even. Guy. Yeah, even the works of his that I didn't care for much, I still like. You know, it's it's not really. Come on. Yeah, I haven't read Tommy Knockers. Yeah, I haven't watched. I read. I look. The book was okay. Mm. Um, I haven't watched that miniseries in a dog's age, as he would say. Um, uh, it's it's several one. dog's ages. I think Tommy Knockers <laughs> even the even the story that is even the one that he says would be very good. Like right. Right. He was like when somebody was talking about like doing the Tommy knockers. I think he ended up saying on social media, "He's like, no, like, it's not that." Well, yeah, good. for me, it started off because I was gonna, I was gonna listen to the audiobooks of uh, the Dark Sour series because it's been a couple years since I've read it. Yeah, um, and then I'm like, well, while I'm doing this, I can do all the ones that tie into the Dark Tower series. And then I'm like, well, if you're gonna do that, might as well do the other twelve books that don't. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? everything ties together. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually got a list of all the books that tie directly into it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to all these. And then I'm like, wait, there's like four books left over. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and then and even then, some of the ones that, that connect with our tower don't really connect with our tower. It's really. Right. Even this, even this, he's got, he mentioned seeing stones and them being, you know, old yep. in the time of Atlantis. Uh, Merlin's rainbow. I mean, that mm-hmm. you can't get away from it because he likes, he, he has these concepts that he likes to go back to. Yep. Uh, which is fun. Even if, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the overall trajectory of this one. Mm. I'd watch the I'd watch the first half hour and the last half hour 
again. I don't know about the middle part. There is something I will say that the opening of this is actually pretty effective. Um, uh, showing the guy, and I mean, again, I don't. I always usually do like the trope of guy in the jail cell has all the power. Right. Like it's an interesting element. It's an interesting yeah. thing to do. Um, and it's so, easy to do wrong, but I don't think he really did it wrong here. I don't, no, I not really. He does mm-hmm. pretty well with it. It's actually when he gets out of the jail cell that things start to fall apart. Right. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think I made the joke of like, you know, it, it honestly, Linoge doesn't really do anything that I think you couldn't really do with uh, like a thousand dollar bar tab with the local town drunk. <laughs> and, uh, right. van, and, a, and basically a van with candy in it and then you basically right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still and, never figured out why he killed the old lady I did, uh, other than to just get caught just to get caught yeah I think yeah, it, just, just, completely. Yeah, it was just it he just had to do something he had to do something uh, in fact I, I would argue that a lot what's works about this film is that I think that uh, what Linoge does is actually pretty well thought out Yeah, and uh, so I mean he goes in he kills, kills the old lady and basically says some mean things to people, and it basically is what starts that anxiety up right. and going up to the level where he can get what he wants. Um, and that's why he did that. He came in, he, he murdered somebody who has those, he has no business, no reason to really do kill. Right. right. Making making them realize they're in the presence of somebody who just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, to you know, uh, as the kids might say. Yeah, plus they had to get him in front of a TV so they could get Stephen King's right. cameo in there. That was that was a cool cameo. I liked that cameo. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, yeah. I was, sometimes he feels real, really shoehorned in, but that one worked well. In fact, oh, I was wondering what one random little detail, which I was yesterday years old when I <laughs> learned this. I did not realize that the same guy who played Linoge was the reporter that was on TV. In oh, it no. and and the televangelist. I yeah, was yeah. watching it. I was watching it with my husband. He's like, "Oh, that's the same guy." Yep. I'm like, I, right. yep, yeah. it's him in a fat suit. I yeah. watched this movie so many times. I can't believe the, I never the noticed. The different that. makeup. The different makeups for this guy are are, are kind of a little janky. Um, mm. and who who did it? Who did, uh, who did the makeup? Yeah. Uh, let's. Oh, I'm try oh yeah, that that transition effect where he got old, oh the '90s the '90s oh, uh, yeah. CGI stuff like with the wolf head cane and everything yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see makeup department mm-hmm. um, Joel Colwell uh, yeah I don't just, recognize it, any of these names both both of that and the old man makeup just kind of looked like TV movie makeup my favorite my favorite effects fail in this is the um, the destruction of the boathouse at the yeah. end at the end of part one. Where it's actually they reuse the same effect shot, mm-hmm. um, like four times. It's the same right. damn. It's the same damn shot. And oh, I'm like, no. it's and Mike's I'm like, falling. Mike's falling again. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Mike just falls. Yeah. Exactly. It's okay. We're all we were all watching it on 13 inch TVs back yeah. then. It wasn't. That's the so. thing. I I hadn't seen this until now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was you know working nights when this aired, and I didn't probably didn't have you know the yeah. foresight. To, to tape it so yeah yeah but i mean it's literally the it's the same shot um right uh the, the other thing that Lori and i were laughing a lot about was the lighthouse bit too um yeah. where they were like uh where everybody's like the lighthouse is falling and like and even mike anderson says like okay if you're gonna go outside make sure and i'm like if you're gonna go outside right you they're all going outside. A, you know there's a murderer running around right mike um mm-hmm. why isn't it this don't go outside 
Because um, he knows they are. I mean, right. yeah, I guess you can't. How many chances do you get to see a lighthouse fall over four times in a row? Yeah. <laughs> it's a long sequence, though. Uh, uh, it's a really long sequence. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, uh, nothing I wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, it, well, there are things wrong with it. Let's be honest. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, yeah. you know, this, it's not offensive. Yeah. This know? isn't the worst movie I, I've seen this, this month. You know, it's right. Right. I mean, it's, I it's it, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's way too long. If this is mean, right. had been cut down into a single TV movie, it probably, would I don't even think it's good. the worst movie we've done on here. You know, it's, it's not, <laughs> no, probably not. No. What would, what would be worse than this? You think this is better than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? No. Yeah, equal. Yeah, I was gonna say the story is better in this, but the the production value is better in that. Yeah. This is kind of a cheap looking TV movie. We're gonna get um, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get calls now. We're gonna get letters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, just... technically, technically, Spookies is a worse movie. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. We have okay. That was I think that's easily the worst movie we've done. Right. It's, I love it. It's great. Right. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's also terrible. Right. And I mean, yeah. And that's the thing is I think what we're, what we're also saying is that you were kind of poking fun at storm of the century, but um, we're enjoying poking yeah. fun at storm of the century. So, I mean, there's I mean, a, like, it, it's, I, there was it's, never a point where I like had to call you up and go like, I hate you for making me do right, this episode. Right, you know, it's, right. it's not. Right. It's, I mean, I think even like Lori and I were like laughing at it, but we were like, we were right. enjoying laughing at it, you know, yeah. and like, we were like, this is actually kind of fun in the sense that it's kind of, silly. I got, I got really bored in this during the second part, but and like, that like, part drags. please be yeah. over, please be over. And then the third night I was back in it and I was, it's fine. Right. You know? It pulls itself back together really well for the third. Right. Yeah, definitely. And uh, has a great, uh, moralistic uh moralistic debate except for uh why mike anderson suddenly is uh, a bible scholar uh in the third act is a little bit weird he never mentions it once for the first two parts and then all of a sudden he's like by the way i can quote matthew off the yeah off the I, I don't i don't really care for when characters get into this like naming scripture off you know like whoa but this part says this part and this you know it's like oh my god stop yelling at each other at scriptures and say what you want to say right. <laughs> right but so i mean that was the thing that really that uh, was glaring to me the only thing i think in the third act that really popped out at me mm-hmm. was uh was mike suddenly being like you know if you've forgotten matthew seventeen twenty four, father and i'm like really? right when's when you were a biblical scholar yeah. uh you didn't even wear a cross I- the whole freaking movie but you can quote the bible right um, yelling at a yelling at a at a at a, at a preacher in scripture is never it's never going to work. It's never going to do anything. <laughs> well, I mean, technically it did. I, the priest shuts up the first time anyway. But yeah, and of course this I is mean, a priest who's like we should do what he wants. So I mean, right. like you know, well you know that's a lot of follow through there, Father. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So the last thing I think I was I, uh, that bugged me that I'm gonna I was gonna mention I brought it up briefly earlier and I'm gonna I'll circle back around to it was, um, do you think Mike is is lets them off too easy in the third act at the very very end? I feel like he should have been like yelling and screaming at people on his way out. I don't absolutely. I, I don't like the oh, whole yeah. like I kept I kept in touch with the people back in Little Tall Island. Like, right. Why? Why didn't you set fire to it on your way out? Right. Like I would have been like, or why so did long you, why did you try to bring charges on anybody? Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. Like call the local 
the, the, the main gazette. I don't know what their papers are called up there. Uh, they might even not call them papers. They might have some weird main term for them that I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like the Bangor, the Banga Daily News. Uh, right, right. I don't know a couple of things, but yeah, they, they they have they have newspapers. It's a real it's a real state with real people. I mean, because they 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 said their their cover story was that you know these people who died were lost in the storm, but the storm. it didn't seem like anybody investigated it very much. Well, the um, the big glaring like you can drive a truck through plot hole is mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what his name was, but the gas station man and Ralphie were the ones that wandered into the sea. Right. So they were the ones that had no bodies, but the mm. other ones had bodies. Right, right. And like you can't, he smashed his and face this, in this, with an axe. Right. The this storm this didn't town, do that. This town had a constable. It didn't have a police force, so you know somebody from the mainland would have had to come in and investigate it, yeah. if only for insurance purposes and nothing else, which they kind of mentioned a little bit. Right. Um, right. The only Mike one Anderson. that the, the only one that seems to really notice that anything was amiss is the therapist. Right. Who's like, you're obviously hiding something. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, if they would have tightened up the fact that, you know, the town worked together to cover this up, might have might have made less of a glaring hole at the end. But yeah, yeah they could have just rolled all the bodies into the I sea. Mean, yeah, they implied that they all worked together to cover it up, but I don't think yeah. they really did enough. They to didn't show. imply it well enough. Yeah. Right. But my point yeah. is, my point is really that Mike uh, is, is, the yeah, he should have been losing his shit. He, right, the fact that he like leaves mm-hmm. with a handshake to to Hutch. I mean, like, right. why he didn't take a swing at him? Um, mm-hmm. In fact, when when Molly, uh, Mike's wife, uh, says that your kid's involved, and she goes up to like touch him, and he says, "Don't touch me." Right. I wanted him so badly to throw his ring at her. Yeah, um, that yeah, was my first be- thought. I'm like, he he should rip off that ring and just be like, "We're done." Um, I don't. Well, the fact I, that he stayed for months too, because right. it was what five months that passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he didn't, that, he didn't leave the next that day. was the thing. That he I was helping covering that all this up. There's no other way around it. He he was helping yeah. to cover this up, and he just decided later on he couldn't live with himself. Yeah. Now I don't have kids, but I hear tell that like if you steal somebody's kid or kill their kid, they tend to get a little upset. Think about your um, dog or your cat. It's right. <laughs> you know, it's, if someone, like, if someone, if someone right. hurt your, if, if, I know you have a dog and a cat, Sam. I know. Right. Nas, Nas, I have a cat. Uh, if someone tried to hurt my cat, I would fucking tear right. their eyes out. It wouldn't. It right. Wouldn't end and multiply that by like a thousand, and so that's I how people react to their kids. Yeah. yeah. Assume the kid's worth more. And he know, seemed, but, you know, strangely nonplussed about the whole situation, other than you know, you guys made the wrong choice. Right. And I mean, and this is something he's really like literally fighting for, like quite literally mm-hmm. fighting for. He gets into fisticuffs. Right. At the, uh, and I'm like, I still. Well, you know what he touch. did? He did. He, he did the, uh, they all, they worked on him. They did the Republican thing. Like, well, now is the time for unity. Mike unity. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Now it's not the time to throw stones, Mike Anderson. Right? We got to We got to unify. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it just made me laugh. It just was like, he's like, I still keep in touch. I'm like, why? Right. All these people. I would like I, to see something happen to the town. I was general, say, like, the other thing that, that, that I thought about too was like, why do they talk to him? Right. Because their entire justification in that thing was that he was in the wrong, that he right. was going to cost them everything. Right. Um, like, I mean, in other stories, you know, even of Kings, sometimes they show the, the after effects of, you know, what happens to the town. Carrie yeah. had, you know, that's the whole thing was out, written after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dead Zone did some of that. Um, obviously, the big one is it. The whole town basically collapsed in on itself after, you know, this, the events. Yeah. There was nothing like 
I feel like a better button on this would have been like, you know, the town sowed its own destruction with this choice and the town, you know, just kind of slowly receded into, into nothingness. Yeah. You know, all the ties of the town were dissolved by this, by this one decision that they all know was wrong. Right. But instead it just kind of looks like the town's still there and it's still thriving. And, you know, maybe that's because it's, it's a nice tourist spot for the summertime. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think that I think the point of that in that respect, the point would probably be that banality of evil thing, which is they do get away with that. Uh, They do survive. Um, But that's and that's why I think there's all the more reason for Mike Anderson to be uh, to hell with all of you. Right. Um, That's the consequence. Their conscience, the guy, their leader, their conscience leaves. Right. Um, and I mean, who was he keeping in touch with? Was it just Ursula? Because he said, I, Ursula he, said he keeps him. in touch, but he, yeah, but he mentioned her by name, but not anyone else. I think he, I think Hutch didn't he? I don't think I don't he mentioned. Think, Hutch I don't think he mentioned. Yeah, I don't think he mentioned Hutch by yeah. name. But I've had people who've done way less things to me that I don't want to talk to ever again. <laughs> Hutch and, and Hutch marries his ex-wife, right? Um, and that doesn't seem to bother him. Um, <laughs> It's it's a really it's a it's a, so uh, way to have a backbone there, Mike. Yeah, you lost you lost your only child to this, and he just kind of seemed to be able to move on. Yeah, um, yeah. He said he wished them well. Wished them right. well. Really? Yeah. I'd be like, really? yeah, hell with all of you. Um, like like I would have a sequel to this movie where like you know they're like ah legend has it ten years ago Mike Anderson disappeared and now it's the anniversary and people are dying. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> right. He has every right to be unbelievably angry. Right. And uh, and he just I guess takes the high road, which is uh, shit. He should have John. He should have should have gone John Wick. You know what is he? What is he? Uh, what is he? Chuck Schumer? I mean, uh, <laughs> right. It's a, that's enough politics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like yeah, he's like, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that I'm like, he, why why isn't he yelling and screaming? Right. Why isn't he punching people on his way out? Of yeah, why isn't he just in a complete breakdown mode? Or like, yeah, just, I would have, I would have been even even during the decision when they're doing this, he should have been just like losing his goddamn well, mind. And he does. And that's the thing is, that more so. Does. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, and he sits down, and he sits down because like uh, literally, there's there's no other choice. He can't win right. the fight, so he sits down, and he still puts his hand up in defiance. And right. then we cut to, and then when he finds out it's Ralphie, he tries to fight, and they hold him down. Right. They literally, literally physically hold him down. And then it becomes, well, I stuck around for five months. I tried to make right. it work with my wife. Um, and I'm like, really? She right. Take away your kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would think that. And that's what I mean. Is that That's kind of a deal breaker situation. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean is I still feel like that scene when like uh, in that in the town hall meeting, he should have thrown his ring at her. Like that would right. have been satisfying. Because I think that, that it's the part of the film that works because I do feel like you get like even my uh you know outrage is up in that scene right yeah and uh i i'm with him i'm totally with him and i'm like i'm angry um like i said it's a good it's a good self-insertion movie that i feel like if that means i'd be right behind him taking swings at hutch right i would be like no we're not giving this guy a kid Um, yeah what are you fucking crazy yeah nuts right what are you nuts um you know but uh yeah it's uh so yeah, it always it always struck me as a little bit disingenuous that he uh, he's he's so virtuous apparently that he can even forgive, and that should have been the uh, the uh, uh, the consequence. Right. And he as the conscience of the town, he says, "I'm out. You've now lost me." Um, but hey, that's that's what it is, I guess. Yep. 
So we're running out of time here. Uh, any final thoughts on Storm of the Centra? No, I don't know. More people It'll have seen be... it than I thought I've seen it. Uh, I thought I was, I thought I was kind of a lost one, but a lot of people seem to have. Uh, yeah, that surprised me too because it's it's definitely one of the more obscure ones, right. even from the nineties. Yeah, yeah, it kind of came and went on television, yep. and then uh, but yeah, it has a lot of people probably for the same reason we've discussed that people watch it during snowstorms. Right. Um, it's it, it's kind of got the curse of mediocrity. It's it's not one of Stephen King's best works. It's not mm -hmm. one of his god awful. What the hell am I watching? Works. It's kind of in the middle, so I think it gets forgotten. And it's it's worth checking out if you got four goddamn hours to spare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but like like Linus Thompson said, it's it's. I think it's a good choice for if it's a, there's a snowstorm outside and you're yeah. not going anywhere. Right. Uh, there are worse ways to spend your time. The snowstorm may end before the movie does. We don't know. <laughs> Just make sure you have scotch. Yeah, that makes right. it better. Yeah. Scotch makes yep. it better. But um, but yeah. Uh, so Nastasia, uh, do you have any last uh, any last thoughts you want to share? Um, no. I mean, you guys gave me what I want, so I guess I'll go away now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go away. <laughs> well, you okay. can still have what you want either way. You know. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Nastasia, for being on the show again. We always love having Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And, uh, and thank you to Sam. Okay. And uh, we'll sign off here, uh, just keeping, uh, just uh, as we always do, saying uh, love yourself, love your fellow horror fans, uh, keep it positive, keep it constructive, and uh, just, uh, just be safe out there. Uh, hopefully things are getting better, but we got a long way to go. Um, stay together, punch a Nazi. And yes. um, <laughs> a punch a Trumper. Um, but uh, it, so that's pretty much all that we have time we have here on at the Devil's Ball. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, thank you very much. Good night and have a nice day.